Hello, and welcome back to the Co-Creating Radiance podcast, where we offer support in cultivating our harmonious consciousness. Our hope and intention is not only to provide support as you make your way through your spiritual journey, but to also provide perspective, insight, and education through sharing our own experiences as we too walk this path of discovery of inner harmony and conscious self-expression. Welcome back, everyone. So excited to be here with you. My name is Sia, and as always, I am joined by my dear friend, soul sister, and co-creatrix, Gina. Hello, everybody. Good morning. This is going to be another good one. I can feel it. I feel like I say that every time, but maybe it's just because <laughs> maybe it's just because I'm so excited to dive into these topics and have these conversations and hopefully sparking conversations for our listeners and with their own friends, with their own family, or just even with themselves. Because maybe I'm a little weird for saying this, but I feel like some of the best conversations are like the ones I have with myself, where I have a thought and it just leads me down this rabbit hole. And by the end of it, I'm just like, damn, that was good. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Whether the, the conversation happens um, with other people or the contemplation mm. happens within it's all so... Um, it can be so revelatory and beneficial. And at the very least, you know, these things plant seeds for deeper um, levels of opening and receptivity to happen later. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Because when we came up with these topics and particularly as we continue on discussing and breaking down these spiritual buzzwords, these are things that I know throughout my time in experiencing them, engaging with them, contemplating them, the essence of my relationship to these words and these concepts concepts has evolved. Yeah. So, but before we jump into that, in the spirit of becoming more acquainted with each other, Gina, I wanted to share a little bit more about ourselves. Yes, we, uh, Thea and I are very passionate about um, astrology and, um, and we know that some of you out there are too. And astrology, whether you're studying, no matter what system or what tradition you're studying, it's just such a powerful tool to get to know yourself better and a bit more about just like how, what makes you tick. Um, and so today um, we're going to be sharing our sun sign and our rising signs. Um, my son is an Aries. <laughs> so um, baby of the Zodiac um, as an Aries, you know, and we'll talk about this in a later episode. Um, you know, the Aries is known as the leader of um, out of all of the signs and um Aries energy is the energy of the trailblazer, you know, so doing having the energy and the wherewithal to do something um, that's maybe never been done before. Um, and to be the one to get out there first and to um, discover something or to start something um, worthwhile that leads to more that leads to the expression of passion and that leads to the expression of love and just like joy and bliss and fulfillment. Um, so I didn't always identify um, with being a leader, but after I moved through my Saturn return, um, which we'll talk about in a later episode, <laughs> um, I, 
I feel like I've leaned into that essence of the being a leader and being a trailblazer and just like being comfortable in that role um, a lot more after that. Um, my rising sign, uh, this is also known as the ascendant in astrology. Um, my ascendant is in Capricorn. Um, and a lot of people um, where like with the sun sign, that's like the essence of who you are and like your role in this world, the rising sign or the ascendant is about how you're perceived by the external world and by other people. And um, at, as a Capricorn rising, um, I've, I've gotten a lot in my life that I appear to be like very put together, very grounded, um, very methodical with how I approach um, life and work and everything. Um, and uh, this a lot of times can be the, the, if other people are into astrology, this could be the rising sign could be the sign that they mistake you for. Um, and uh, yeah, so, but how I found my expression of Capricorn rising, it's really been about like a strong desire to work with other people and to collaborate with other people. Um, and uh, just like being grounded in that. Yeah. Amazing. I love it. It's so fascinating to me as someone who is very much still navigating astrology, particularly Western astrology. As Gina mentioned, there are several other formulas that are utilized. And that's all fascinating to me also. But <laughs> my son Capricorn says one thing at a time, lady, which... <laughs> right. <laughs> You can, I mean, you can add that book to the pile, sure, but you're not going to get to it for a while. Yeah. So just like Gina, I did not resonate or identify with my Capricorn son for a very long time because it is the cardinal earth sign. It, it is like the definition of grounded and focused and methodical and that's a something that I've definitely had to evolve into, which is what your sun sign was. That's how I understood your sun sign. It is your life's work. It is the sign that you evolve mm -hmm. into. And mm -hmm. definitely took me some time to get comfortable <laughs> with that direction. Yeah. Because, you know, you hear this all the time. Capricorns are the ones who are constantly climbing the mountain. They're constantly climbing, climbing, yeah. climbing. And I'm just, to me, I'm like, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> Isn't there an expressway yeah. or a shortcut or mm -hmm. a, you know, a coffee dispenser somewhere along the line? And I think, <laughs> and I think that is really more my Pisces rising coming in to mm. play. People are always stunned when I tell them that I'm a Capricorn. There have been very few that were not completely gobsmacked or flabbergasted. They're just, what? No. You're joking. That's a terrible joke. Don't make that joke. But no, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Me and all my Capricorn glory. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I would have thought that you were a Capricorn um, 
when I met you. Mm-hmm. And what I... I thought you were a fire sign, honestly. That's really interesting to me because I actually don't have any fire in my chart. <laughs> in, in... Yeah, you do, girl. You have a bunch of Sag in your chart, if I remember correctly. Well, I just mean like in, in your primary three, I should say. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In my primary gotcha. three, there's no fire. But I was raised by a Leo. I had a younger brother who's an Aries. And the struggle was real, if you catch my drift. Yeah. It was a very challenging mm-hmm. way to to grow up. But I think that's also because at that time, I didn't understand the evolution of the sign when I was like, you know, 12 years old and reading about your Zodiac and they say Capricorns are lazy. And I'm just like, who says that? (laughs) I don't think I know any Capricorns that are lazy. All the ones I know work really hard. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) We rest, we can rest as hard as we work. But I think that was also just part of like what maybe rubbed me the wrong way and what I tell people yeah when I let them know like yeah I'm a Capricorn but my ascendant is Pisces is like my Pisces is like the like gentle introduction because mm-hmm. Pisces <laughs> is really about being from my experience just wanting connection and and mm-hmm. being in that kind of dreamlike state like imagination is everything like, you're not quite here all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that's part of why, as when I was growing up, I much more resonated with water signs because I'm just like, yes, mm. that is my jam. <laughs> they get it. They know how to kind of exist in both places, but maybe more one than the other. And so, mm. you know, when I was growing up, it like, especially transitioning into adulthood, where that Capricorn really started to make its presence known. It was, mm-hmm. and finding the balance between the two is definitely interesting. Because, yeah, most mm-hmm. people, when they meet me, they, they get the water sign straight away. They're like, oh, she's so friendly and mm-hmm. welcoming. And she just wants mm-hmm. everyone to feel good and have a good time. And mm-hmm. then when it comes to, planning things I'm just like what what time what place who's go who's driving <laughs> do we need a DD yeah you know like all those <laughs> things and they're just like can't you just go to both this I'm like no I really can't <laughs> I need some solid info people yeah but I think part of the beauty of us coming together and doing this podcast is it was you know having the idea which I think is very Piscean, is never the problem. Mm-hmm. I think maybe the yeah. how can get lost a little bit. Yeah. And so that was kind of the the beauty in, in our signs kind of coalescing in that way because we shared the idea, the passion was there, the ignition. Like as soon as you said you were game, I was just like, fuck yes, let's do this. Because I was definitely mm-hmm. hesitant to do it on, on my own. I didn't really want to do it on my own. Yeah. I always felt like it was going to be a collaboration of some kind. I just didn't know how. But then you brought the fire. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. And I feel like the way we, we organize things and the way that we approach things is, is on a similar wavelength. There's definitely still collaboration and an exchange of ideas and, and proposals. But when yeah. when we come together things come together very easily and very naturally 
which is a wonderful thing to yeah. experience. Because as Capricorns, when we put work into something, we the goal is that it there's no hiccups. Mm-hmm. That it just goes because that's the way we planned it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, there's just a little bit awesome. about us. And I'm just curious, you know, if Gina, you said when you first met me, you thought that I was a fire sign. Was there a particular fire sign that you're just like, ooh, this girl has got to be? I thought that you were, um, I thought that you were a Sagittarius, to be honest, um, because I don't know, there was just something, I just picked up on fire in your energy. Like I knew you were nice. I knew you were sweet, but I also picked up on a, I picked up on a directness about you (laughs) and it didn't come off as an earthy directness. It was like, damn, she got some fire. That's so interesting. Um, Yeah. What did you think that I was? I just straight up thought you were an Aquarius. (laughs) (laughs) I chose to you an Aquarius. And then the more time I spent with you, I'm just like, "Hmm." you know, like maybe her Aquarius is more of, you know, that mask, that ascendant that like you kind of show up in the world as before people mm-hmm. really get to know you. And I was like, okay, yeah. maybe I was wrong. And I thought like maybe there was just more of a grounded air to you. So I thought my initial thought was Aquarius and I was like, no. And then my second guess was Libra. Oh, you, so you're picking up on air. That's cool. Yeah, because there was, yeah. there was definitely like a groundedness to you and there was definitely a kind of like spice to you, but it wasn't... Like, it wasn't fleeting, you know? Like, there was purpose yeah. behind it. And so yeah. I remember when you told me you were an Aries, and I was just like, man, I was so off and terrible, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> My guessing game is way off. But it's it's interesting that you thought I was a Sagittarius because, you know, the, the two signs or two planets that tend to express the most emotions, from my perspective, being Venus and Mars, that's... Like I have like Sagittarius in both of those places, <laughs> or no, I have fire in both of those yeah. places rather. Sagittarius yeah. and, and Venus, and then Aries and Mars. So maybe it's it's the expression that comes out, right? But then I think about communication, and that has Capricorn energy. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you weren't for me for your interpretation of me. Like you weren't wrong picking up on the on the air because I do have a lot of air and fire in mm-hmm. my chart, um, and my moon is in Aquarius, and actually my south node is in Libra. Oh, interesting. So, mm-hmm. so you weren't wrong picking up on the air yeah. in there. It's and this is what's so beautiful about astrology is because in actuality, no matter where your planets are um, located in your mm-hmm. chart we have the expression of all of these zodiac signs within us so yeah and those can manifest in different ways at different points in time depending on um depending on how the actual planets are moving Mm -hmm. themselves so Mm -hmm. and I kind of wish I could Mm -hmm. go back and you know if I ever really do have the gumption to do this I absolutely will but it makes me curious you know we have I think four planets currently in retrograde I think we're down to four (laughs) for a minute Mm -hmm. we were at six we're at four right now and it just kind of makes me wonder what was going on astrologically that might have maybe 
produced more of like one aspect over the other yeah it just makes hmm. me curious mm-hmm. with that curiosity should we d- dive into today's topic let's do it I already said one of the words already <laughs> I tried to avoid saying one of the words, actually. I don't know if you caught that. I know. I was, I know. I was trying not to, and then it just came out, and I was like, well, all right, here yeah, we the go. Word, the words so are beautiful. We, Sometimes they're just what you need. <laughs> they are. So we're continuing our conversation around um, translating spiritual buzzwords into personal experience. And the reason why, if you haven't tuned into our previous episodes around this, um, the, the whole idea is that, you know, we hear um, these um, buzzwords in our in our communities and in our, in our groups of friends and online and and all of this. And it's just like, uh, you know, you don't derive meaning from the word until you uh, apply it practically to your own life. Um, and so the conversations around these spiritual buzzwords are meant to just kind of get your own contemplation going or your own, you know, separate conversations going around um, what these words mean for you personally um, to get the most meaning out mm. of them. And today we are um, talking about flow and gratitude. Mm-hmm. So two, two big, big ones. <laughs> I feel like these words are almost like neighbors to the words we talked about last mm. time which was Mm -hmm. intention and manifestation because I feel like these four words if it wouldn't have taken probably four hours it would have been (laughs) probably conceivable to talk about all these in conjunction because at the end of the day they are connected they are used oh yeah I don't want to say like simultaneously but like if there's you know if someone's talking about gratitude chances are manifestation's not behind it Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah I'm feeling like yeah flow might be the one to speak on first that's what's flowing Um, to you (laughs) flowing yeah I mean I've already been contemplating it today um or this morning Mm. and I just I posted a little something about it and you know it's um flow is applicable in so many different Mm. ways um and when I think of flow I think of its opposite which is force Mm. um so when when we are forcing, we are using our minds or brute strength um, of our our physical bodies to um, to quite literally um, shape or influence or uh, manifest even an outcome um, that is according to our personal um, desires of how we think things ought to be. Um, and flow by its contrast is, um, I, I equate it with being able to allow, allow is a key word with flow, um, you know, and in a world where it's about go, go, go and instant gratification and really like making shit Mm -hmm. happen and manifesting in spiritual communities and all of these things, it can make it really hard to access the state of flow and allowance and um, more often than not, at least from what I found through personal experience, I find flow when I'm able to rest Mm -hmm. and when I connect with nature. So natural rhythms are 
for, for myself personally, very important to tap into so that I, so that I remember, you know, the true timing of things that is independent of my mental fluctuations. Um, and when I am in the rhythms of nature, when I'm immersed in that, my body is able to physically relax. My mind is able to calm down. I'm able to breathe more deeply. Mm -hmm. And when all of those things um, coalesce together, I have access to allowance and I have access to not just the flow of nature, but like my own unique flow Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And from that place, I am able to access inspiration. I'm able to access creativity. I'm able to, um, I'm able to love myself and others instead of judging mm. them. Um, so much more possibility is available mm-hmm. when I'm able, when I allow myself to pause consciously and to shift back into the state of flow which for me is very deeply connected again with the natural world yes I I feel Mm -hmm. such a resonance with everything that you said and I think sometimes I know that this has been like a hiccup for me like when I was first introduced first introduced to this concept of flow because like when I think of flow immediately the first image that comes to mind because I tend to be a very visual person thank you Pisces rising is that of a river Mm -hmm. (laughs) and how you know when you mentioned force like this idea of like trying to force the current to go faster or slower and it's just a futile Mm -hmm. cause it's just a futile exercise because things are are moving constantly and kind of like what we're going to talk about with gratitude a little later is that for me the idea of flow was kind of a foreign one like it was this ex- external thing that either you were in mm. it or you weren't and there wasn't mm. really a lot of conversation around kind of weaving in and out of flow and how that can happen and that's very normal and that's not necessarily a bad mm-hmm. thing oh yeah like Definitely. you're you're not doing your work correctly if you're not in flow 24 7 mm. and that kind of perception for me was very discouraging and provided yeah. a sense of until I level up enough or until I'm wise enough or until I've accomplished these certain things or or gained these certifications or taking these classes or or whatever it might be but this contingency on my idea of lack my perception of lack within myself to be able to obtain a sense of flow when in reality I think that there is a flow within us and I think there's a flow with that is on the outside of us there's obviously that greater Mm -hmm. flow that you kind of mentioned that I think is just a constant energy stream (laughs) And where, where things come more easily, they might not all be things that we want, but a lot of the times the opportunities that we're presented with for growth are not always pretty or fun. (laughs) And we might find ourselves thinking, I didn't sign up for this. 
oh, maybe you did though. <laughs> maybe you did. Mm. Maybe you mm. asked for opportunities to grow or heal or change your perspective. And this experience is helping you do that, but it's not like what you thought it would be. And so, yeah, we all want it to be beautiful and easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think one thing that is finally coming around, because I think for the longest time, at least in, in what I was observing and in Facebook groups that I was in, for example, that wasn't really talked about that, like, you have to do the inner work. And, and what I observed was a lot of it was super focused in a very feminine way like a lot of womb healing and womb space and all this stuff. And not that that there's anything wrong with that, but it just, it felt like I had to get into that kind of space to experience flow. Mm-hmm. When I didn't resonate with that in any way, shape or form, I was just like, nope, <laughs> that's, that's not the medicine I need. Yeah. And so finding the flow within myself where I am not, forcing the work that I'm doing, where I'm not forcing the opportunities, like, or actively maybe seeking the opportunities, where I'm aware that I want to engage in them. But it's not like I have my hand in all the things. I'm not controlling things. And I think part of flow, honestly, is that surrender. Yes, yes. Sometimes it's just letting that current take you where you need to go. And, yeah. and like you said, for people who are in a society where instant gratification is such a commodity, that can be really frustrating. And that can feel very much oh, like yeah. you're not in the flow. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I've had experiences where I didn't think I was in the flow at all. And then all of a sudden I get hit with something good, bad, yeah. somewhere in between realization. Suddenly I feel lighter. Mm-hmm. I've discovered oh I do have forgiveness for that person that really did Mm. me wrong or whatever it might be Mm. and I'm realizing that flow was happening the entire time yeah I was flowing to it I just didn't realize it it's like it's that undercurrent Mm -hmm. you know like there's a there's a top like if you ever gaze at a river and you're actually able to see um to the bottom like if it's shallow enough or if it's clear enough you Mm -hmm. know you can see that there are different currents going mm-hmm. on, um, even in the ocean as well, yes. just different, um, all these different currents flowing at the same time in different directions. And just because you can't perceive it doesn't mean it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, as we are so results-based and goal-oriented as a culture, mm-hmm. it makes it hard to like believe. Mm-hmm. Like if I can't see it, I can't believe it. You know? Or if I can't feel it it's not happening right and I think the other end of that spectrum is like for people their flow is verified or dependent on those big realizations or those big opportunities or those you know wishes coming true or whatever it is and when those things aren't happening then like all of a sudden you're not in flow anymore and then it's like this constant drive to try and get back there and I think that's kind of like that fighting against the current thing you know the the river splits two ways it's it's naturally taking you one way but you're desperately trying to get over to the other side and that just creates its own set of problems (laughs) and so yeah I think for me the flow changes every day because I think the flow is 
intrinsically connected to what you're needing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that can even change on a daily basis. I think the need for validation and being witnessed and being loved, I think all of, you know, those are, those are things that I think are constant, but they're not always maybe the focus. They kind of become that underlying mm-hmm. current that we talked about. So maybe what you're needing one day is to be productive and to be active. You clean your house, you do the dishes, you do your errands and get your groceries put away. You folded all your laundry like the bamf that you are. And then the next yeah. day, you're thinking like, yeah, day two, here we go. But you've got nothing. Mm. You're like, well, shit, I, I, I guess I did everything yesterday, but I still want to do something. I was literally just talking about this this morning where it's like, you can't replicate these states. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't consciously, you can make choices to be receptive Mm -hmm. to flow, but you can't replicate the exact same experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes when, when we, you know, there, sometimes I think that flow surges a little, you feel that desire to create, you feel that desire to be productive. You feel that inclination to do that thing. Mm-hmm. But the follow through is not quite there. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we get this into this negative self-talk, like, well, there's something in me that's wrong or that I'm doing wrong. And that's why I'm only having this spark. Yeah. When in reality, I think the the truth of the matter is that those little sparks, those little increases of energy or inspiration or motivation, it's a part of a buildup. You know, a a river doesn't go from (laughs) being calm and kind of moving along to all of a sudden raging rapids. No, there has to be a transition period. Mm -hmm. And I think that might be a source of frustration for folks too, is being in that that transition period of being in that period of buildup, especially because sometimes it, it comes on you very quickly. Like you're, you're going along your day. You're not even really paying attention that much. And then all of a sudden whoosh, you're in it. Hmm. And then other times it's a slow buildup. <laughs> yeah. And I know that I've experienced this, but you kind of have this sense of like, I just want to fucking get there. Can we please, can we like, you know, yeah. <laughs> increase the flow here. Yeah. Can we get moving and shaking? Because oh. I really want to do this. Oh, how the mind loves to get in the way of the process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Gina, I know that you are just this beautiful curator of words and you use your voice and, and your speech to communicate thoughts and feelings and experiences. And I love to write it's one of my main processes Mm -hmm. and and ways that I express myself and so I'm curious for you when you have something like when you experience something that you're like that's gonna be something yeah (laughs) (laughs) you just you don't know what it's gonna be yet but you know that it's gonna build to something yeah do you ever find yourself sitting at your instruments or or sitting outside with maybe a journal and a pen or even just at your computer and kind of waiting for it to come or are you more like I'm just gonna let that simmer and I'll know when it's ready I think it's the latter um I don't I won't 
I'm very much a person who's affected by um, whatever the muse of the moment is. Mm. Um, so whether that's my emotional state, um, whether it's something um, divine that is trying, well, I mean, all things are divine yeah. <laughs> in my view, but um, if it's something that is like trying to come in through the crown of my head from above, yeah. um, uh, I, I wait for those moments. Um, and I don't consciously do that. I just recognize when that that feeling and that activation happens for me Mm -hmm. and then however it needs to be expressed whether that's through words um speaking or writing or whether that's through lately it's been more so through my instruments I I play the guitar and the harmonium um so more recently it's expressed itself through music um and there are times where I sit down and I'm affected by, you know, one of those um, states, one of my muses, and I can just crank out a poem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's an experience of channeling mm-hmm. um, something that isn't necessarily, it could be my emotions, for example, but what gets channeled through me is like a, message that is beyond me mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes any sense totally um so so yeah to answer your question I don't necessarily wait around for it to happen consciously mm-hmm. but I'm aware of what I feel in my body mm-hmm. when that process is starting to awaken mm-hmm. and activate itself and whatever I have you know I'm it's at my fingertips you know yeah. um, I work with what I have in the moment Mm -hmm. so that's so cool I feel like sometimes the way that I I write sometimes it's definitely a I find myself very much in the flow and the the thoughts that I'm processing or or the emotions that I'm maybe honoring for the first time in a long time or maybe finally recognizing them for what they are it will just literally kind of come Mm. out of me and there are other times Mm. where I know that there's something that wants to be expressed I know that there's something that wants to be recognized and it's almost like I have to wait for it to like fully come to the surface before I can start examining it yeah I don't want to say like poking it and prodding it because that's because that's not really what you know, the tone in which I, I try to approach these things, but, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes there are things that they're buried so deep down that it's almost like you have to be patient. It's, <laughs> it's going to sound like a really weird analogy, but it's like when you come across a wounded animal and yeah. like, you have to gain their trust before they let you help them. Yeah. Sometimes these experiences that I write about or that I'm holding space for, it's like I have to be patient for them to, you know, get comfortable. Like I have to find a, a level of comfort and a space of non-judgment for them to like fully make themselves known. Yeah. And I think for me, that's almost like an exercise in getting into the flow is just being willing to wait. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and that's that's the whole thing of it, because if you're not waiting, you're forcing something mm-hmm. or you're trying to, uh, what do you call it? 
manipulate circumstances mm. and it doesn't flow doesn't work like that <laughs> yeah yeah I think yeah. if I had to describe flow in like a single sentence I would probably describe it as the art of patience <laughs> yes <laughs> yes oh, the art of patience because damn it's hard <laughs> it is so hard and you know one thing but it's also so beautiful because one thing that I'm finding as, as I spend more time with the idea and with this concept and, and the more that I see it making its presence known in other people's lives is how it takes such different shapes Yeah, for each person. And I think that's part of why, at least I was really excited to talk about this particular word is because when it's presented to us in, in such particular packaging, it can feel inaccessible. And I know that's one of the struggles I definitely had with it, especially with the word that we're going to be talking about next is this expectation that you approach it in a particular way. And if you're not able to encompass that then somehow you're doing it wrong and I think that there are definitely ways that are maybe not as encouraged to live your life (laughs) or to engage in your practice as far as benefit you know the sense of benefit goes but not when it comes to discovering yourself and the way that you actually operate and the way in which sustains you yeah I think that's probably the greatest lesson I've taken away from from spending time with this word and the word we're gonna jump to next yeah so maybe gratitude I was gonna say maybe without further ado let's talk about gratitude let's do it (laughs) please no eye rolling or deep sighs or you know if that's how you need to express yourself please do because I know all all reactions to this word are valid (laughs) yes yes (laughs) so again we in the beginning of this conversation um about spiritual buzzwords um you know, the, the very nature of a buzzword is that it's it's something that's said a lot. And um, when things are um, mentioned a lot and, um, you know, and uh, as ideas are exchanged between different people and how um, these uh, buzzwords ex- manifest um, and show up, um, there's the potentiality that the meaning of them can be a bit watered down mm-hmm. um, and uh, therefore like hard to access. Mm-hmm. So, uh, or for us to develop a personal relationship with them. So with the word gratitude for myself, I feel like whatever I, th- whatever, or whenever I think of this word, um, I think about um, we live, Thea and I live here in the United States and um, in the United States in November, we celebrate a holiday called Thanksgiving. And, um, and every, I swear on Instagram, every November, it's like 30 day gratitude challenge. (laughs) And um, (laughs) guilty where guilty. Um, I don't know if I've ever done one before and not to say that anybody's wrong if they've ever done it, but I feel for myself that I couldn't, I couldn't connect 
with expressions of gratitude that were just for show on social media. Mm. Like it was, it was a very surface level to me, at least it was a very surface level application of the word gratitude, um, which is not wrong. It just, I, I felt like in that word, there was inherently something deeper in there, but I couldn't, uh, I couldn't connect. I couldn't see, I couldn't feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, so with all of that said, and just that example of something that has been uh, surface level for me, um, when I experience gratitude, it's, um, it's actually quite an overwhelming feeling. Um, it's not, it's not something where I just say, oh, I'm grateful that um, I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head, or I'm grateful um I'm grateful that the sun is shining today, for example. Mm-hmm. But gratitude, when I really feel it, it's a wave that like comes over my whole being. Mm. And it's very inexplicable, but it's an viscerally, it's an expansion that happens through the heart. Um, and uh, it expands outward, outward, outward through like to into my extremities. Um and it's like, it's being bathed, gratitude feels like being bathed in love, mm-hmm. really. Um, <clears throat> and I'm not thinking at that moment, oh, I'm grateful for this. It's like something, it's like a moment of grace that uh, that descends upon me or enters into my body, my mind, my heart. And, um, you know, I... I've had many moments like that in my life that I can consciously reflect upon and I can have gratitude as well for those moments of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that, for that spaciousness and that grace, um, especially during, you know, well, all times, but in particular times like these where, um, where it can seem harder to access those um those states of gratitude and I say state because um just like flow you know you can't stay in a state of gratitude forever um because you're always shifting depending on your emotional climate and what you're thinking and um what you're doing Mm -hmm. you know um and I think that's what's hard about gratitude it's hard to access because we can't force it otherwise it's otherwise it's the meaning has, it has less power. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't, so we can't force it, but we can prepare the ground for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, through, um, we can prepare the ground for it to happen through, you know, doing something like a 30 day gratitude challenge or writing a, having a gratitude journal, mm-hmm. um, where you're in the regular practice of moving past your mental resistance to what you are actually grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not in the practice of having gratitude for you know these aspects of your life, at least the practice of writing is preparing the ground and creating space for more of those um, for more of those moments where gratitude just overwhelms your whole being and um, and you get to experience the true essence of what that means mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Yes. I love what you said about being, not being able to sustain a consistent space of gratitude. And I think, you know, 
I have really struggled with this word really for a long time because the the way that I was raised, the focus was not on what we had. It was a focus of lack. It was a consciousness of lacking. And so when that's not to say that I didn't experience gratitude or even express gratitude when it was appropriate, because like a lot of people, I was told to say please and thank you. And Mm -hmm. when, when I was, when I experienced moments of compassion or kindness or love, then of course there was that feeling of gratitude. But when it came to a spiritual stance of being grateful, it was utterly foreign to me because at that Mm -hmm. point I was struggling in a lot of areas of my life and very much in survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, there's not a lot of room for anything else, especially gratitude. So when I started seeing gratitude everywhere or people saying, oh, you know, I'm just grateful for every moment and every experience. I'm just like, really? How, Mm -hmm. How can you manage that? How can you say, I'm having a shitty day, but I'm fucking grateful for it. Like to me, there was this huge disconnect. And I don't say that to invalidate anyone's experiences because if that's the space you're in, more power to you. I don't know how you do it, but like, hooey. I don't think I could personally encompass that. I don't think that I could be honest with myself and encompass that 24 seven. Because the truth is for me, gratitude is something that it, it's something that you come to. Mm-hmm. And the challenges that I've personally experienced and witnessed in those moments, there's not space for gratitude. You have to get to the other side of it first. Yeah. And the other side of it could take who knows what amount of time. It could be a couple of days. It could be a few months. It could take any number of years to find something in those experiences to be grateful for. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that I started hearing that made sense, but still didn't quite help me get there was this connection between manifestation and gratitude. And Mm. the message I was hearing was that you can't manifest something for yourself if you're not grateful for what you already have. Mm. and I was just like damn like that yeah that's hit me something fierce (laughs) because you know when you're in survival mode you're constantly taking account of what you do have to keep you going and again that doesn't always leave a lot of space for being like okay well I'm glad I don't have to maybe buy bread or eggs this week Maybe I can do something else with my money, you know, just as a general example. So, you know, I said earlier that I was totally guilty of doing a, you know, gratitude challenge. And and I say that in a very playful nature. I don't feel guilty about doing that challenge whatsoever because I was at it. Mm-hmm. I was doing it at a time in my life where I really was trying to shift the way mm-hmm. that I perceived and engage and recognize the things that I did have in my life. I was trying to create 
space to allow gratitude to actually exist within me. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of times the things that I was grateful for, they were temporary. They were fleeting. You know, mm-hmm. and for me, gratitude speaks of a sense of longevity. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> if 30 day challenges are how people make space for gratitude on a larger level, more power to them. If, if Definitely. it's the one time of the year where they're able to maybe take a break from that survival mentality and and give their nervous system a chance to breathe maybe a little more, then I think Mm -hmm. there's value in that. Absolutely. But I also agree with the point that Jeannie was making in that just because you're doing the challenge and just because you might be posting on social media doesn't mean that you feel on a deeper, innate level that sense of gratitude. Yeah. You know, it's, it's taken me a very long time to get to a point where I can look back on maybe some of the experiences that I've had and been like, you know, it was a fucking mess. It was mm-hmm. awful and it hurt like a bitch, but man, am I grateful for that outcome. I had yeah. a, a very messy breakup about eight years ago and I literally thought my whole world was over because I had built mm-hmm. my life around this person. And it was literally mm-hmm. one of the probably. I would argue one of the most traumatic experiences I ever had because of how invested I was in, in that relationship and in that person, even though I was fucking miserable. Yeah. <laughs> like truth. I really, really was, but oh, I, yeah. but no I doubt. was also still, but that was part of my survival mode. I needed that mm. person. I wasn't fucking mm. grateful for them, but I needed them. Right. <laughs> you know? So when that ended and I completely had to start over, and took a few tries getting there, I can look back now, eight years later, in a healthy, happy marriage with someone who truly values me and appreciates me and say, wow, that was really hard. But I'm so grateful that that relationship didn't go any further than it did. Yeah. You know, so, and, and that's not to say that you can't express gratitude for smaller things. I, yeah. I challenge myself to express gratitude for small things all the time hmm. because for me, what I have learned about myself is that when I can, I feel a deeper sense of gratitude for the smaller things than I do maybe the big things, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, I had to cancel the larger wedding that I was planning. And when I say larger, I just mean a public <laughs> wedding, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and for a minute, I thought I was, I didn't know if I was still going to get married this year or when that was going to happen or what it would look like. I didn't have any of those things, hmm. <clears throat> you know? So even though what I had been planning and, and working towards and investing in didn't happen, I'm still grateful that I was able to get married, even though it wasn't what it, I maybe originally wanted. The, yeah. the way it looked wasn't originally what I wanted. Mm. So, you know, and that's not to say that I'm grateful for what's going on in the world at all, not in the slightest. And, and maybe eight years from now, I can look back and say, like, you know, what? I'm really grateful for the way things worked out. Yeah. But for right now, I can just say that, you know, I'm just grateful that I have a loving partner who is supportive and encouraging 
and who wants to take care of me. Yeah. Not that I always need to be taken care of, but knowing that there's someone there who's willing to do that, that makes me grateful. Yeah. You know, so I think gratitude is sometimes categorized as like grateful for really big things. Kind of like when we were Mm -hmm. talking about manifesting like these, these big old ticket items, manifesting a new house or car or job or, or whatever, you know, you know, I'm grateful for X, Y, and Z. Mm. you know or like these small things you know it's almost like it's the exact opposite I see more people being grateful for the smaller things and so like when those big things come along it's it's like times however much you know Jeannie you described it as like just being overwhelmed and like washed over with love Mm -hmm. you know coming back to a water analogy, like when you're at the coast, those, those mm-hmm. little waves mm-hmm. along your feet, oh, it can be so wonderful. Mm-hmm. But being able, to, and then when you're able to look out into the sea and see these giant waves cresting and falling, it's just like, wow, that's beautiful too. Mm-hmm. But you can't really have one without the other. Yeah. The waves have to start somehow. Mm-hmm. So I've had quite the journey <laughs> with no doubt with the word <laughs> gratitude. And, and I think too, what's, what has really driven me personally with, with all of the words that we've explored thus far is that it's the, the conversation of starting. It's not ending. Yeah. Yeah. When we made this list, however many months ago, I am positive I feel confident saying I had a very specific view or reaction or idea in relation to these words. And even now they've, they've shifted and evolved. Yeah. And so it makes me kind of like wonder, like, you know, a year from now, if I go back and I listen to these episodes, how much of that is going to change or how much of that is, is going to be reaffirmed. Yeah, you know, it's, it's constantly ebbing and flowing, not pun not intended, but definitely, you know, (laughs) but definitely welcomed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, and, and even just towards the end of this year, what, what are those words, like, what is the meaning of those words going to be for me? How's my relationship going to have shifted and evolved within the next five months? Yeah. It'll be interesting. It's just something to think about, you know? Yeah. Something to contemplate. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. And I don't know about you, Gina, but I always feel like a sense of, like, relief, almost, when we talk about these words, because I feel like it takes the expectation out of them. It takes the pressure off of them. Yeah, definitely. You know, and when we were brainstorming, you know, I, I think like so many things, there are things that like we share and connect on, but there's also such individuality to the way that we connect and resonate and even work with these words, not just in our, yeah. our spiritual practices, but just in our everyday lives and then the yeah. connections and conversations we have with the people around us. 
Yeah. And well, any final thoughts to wrap up? I think with these two words in particular, I would mostly for myself, I think I want to set myself this challenge is that in five months, we will be at the end of this year, which is crazy. Yes. Be on the brink of my 32nd birthday. Oh, (laughs) and I think I want to challenge myself to revisit some of these words at the end of the year and just see how my relationship with them has changed because I don't think you know the the essences and the power behind these words I don't think they change I think we do we do and the and the way that we approach them and interact with them changes the way we utilize them changes so if anyone's interested in joining me in that challenge (laughs) maybe that's something we can do as sort of a part of our end of year special not that we've talked about that but maybe I can plant the seed for it yeah I was thinking the same thing actually (laughs) yes so with that in mind I think because so far we've covered six words I might pick three to to revisit and just see how how things are different yeah and and to hold myself accountable (laughs) and my Capricorn nature I think I'm definitely going I think gratitude is a given I want to continue to see how how I evolve and how my relationship Mm. changes with the word of gratitude I think gratitude manifestation and light work I think those are the three that are going to give me the most challenge. I think the other three would probably be a little more the path most taken, (laughs) Mm -hmm. if if you will. So, yeah, I think I want to challenge myself with those three words to just invite space for them to maybe take a little more root and see what happens. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. So perhaps with that, we should go ahead and conclude this episode mm-hmm. of Co-Creating Reads mm-hmm. podcast. If you want to learn more about us, you can visit our individual Instagram accounts. You can find Gina at Gina.Rodondi. You can find myself at Thielen13. You can also reach out to us with comments, questions, or maybe some future spiritual buzzwords you'd like us to dissect <laughs> take a closer look at <laughs> you can do all that through our email which is cc radiance podcast at gmail.com next week i think we're gonna shake it up a little bit investigate some of the spiritual tools we've utilized throughout our practice and how those have shifted and evolved as we've also shifted and evolved Yes. We want to thank you so much for joining us here at Co-Creating Radiance. May you find Radiance where you least expect it. Yay. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll t- uh, we'll tune in with you soon. Namaste. Namaste.